You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Greet, greet them. Just come forward. This is Pastor Johnny. Let's just say hello to your family here, all the way from Canada. Hallelujah. It's good to be with you all. This is wonderful. A dream come true for for me and for him and for all of us. Amen. Uh, we I was here like I told you the church I was there 21 years ago. Uh, South Africa was the first missionary uh, country that God sent me to when He started moving me from country to countries. And um, I just want to say that whatever God has spoken to you, uh, don't take it for granted because it will surely come to pass. Can you say amen? amen? I don't care what what you're going through. I don't care what people have said to you. I don't care how small the vision is. I don't care how big it is. I don't care who you are with or who you're not with. But whatever God has said to you Mm. will come to pass. Because we, him and me, are the living proof of what God said to us in those days. Mm. You know, we literally carve out our destiny in a place of prayer. Mm. Like I said, we had nothing going for us. His parents were like my parents. I I don't have brothers, but I have brothers in the faith. Mm. that I've hang on to for years. I eat in their house, live in their house. His brother Eric, you know, Leslie. we hang, oh, was Leslie, <laughs> Leslie, sorry, Leslie. We, we were all over the place. And I don't know any other parents but his parents. And the same with all of my friends. When I got born again, God took me out of all the people that I used to hang with and give me a new set of friends. And they've stuck with me over the years. So what I was saying about the vision and dream is that when God spoke to me that I was going to go nations to preach, I had no passport. I had even been out of my country. <laughs> when I told my friends and my brothers those days, they, they would laugh at me like, you've never even been out of the village. I was going to take you to international, give you international ministry. But I went and got a passport, and the passport expired after five years without me going anywhere. But I believed in the vision and the word that God spoke to me. And today, like I was telling them, with my Canadian passport, I can travel to 175 nations without visa. I have preached in, I have preached in a church that was all white people in Sweden, three thousand people all white. So I have preached in all kinds of places. Now I run away literally. When I came here, I told him I'm not going to preach. I'm coming for vacation. So, so whatever God has said to you, we surely come to pass. Amen. Don't take the vision, the dream, and the calling, and whatever God has said to you, don't take it for granted, because God will surely perform His word, no matter how long it takes. It will perform his word. Now we are living the dreams. Yes. When we started, we had nothing. I had I had one pair of pants and and two shirts. And when I washed the pants, I would stay home until it dry before I wear it. I would walk until my shoes, the sole of my feet, will literally touch the ground. I would prophesy. I'm like, that's what it's gonna be. Every place that my soul is touched upon is mine. But now I have closets of shoes. I have closets of clothes. So so God is good and it will show God doesn't care where you come from. He doesn't care what your background was. Nobody knows my parents. When I went to high school, my parents have never been to PTA meeting because they weren't, you know, they just wouldn't come. But God has taken me to press to places. I've met with two, three presidents of my life, you know, president of countries. So whatever God has said to you, don't take it for granted because we are living the dream of all those prayers, of all those crying unto God. And the time you spend in the presence of God is not for granted. Because God molds your destiny and your life to fit that destiny through in the place of prayer. Can you say amen? Amen. So thank you so much for having me. And uh, it's been wonderful. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Yeah, there's no exaggeration there. But uh, it's real. 
Turn to someone and say, God is real. And his word for you will come to pass. Doesn't matter how long. The word doesn't mind being tried. It will come to pass. Hallelujah. So I don't know what word it is you are carrying. Some of you have incubated some words for a long time. And I want you to know, without the shadow of a doubt, that God will bring it to pass. Amen. In the fullness of time. Amen. Amen. In the fullness of time, he'll bring it to pass. Glory to God. Why don't you lift up your hands and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for a word that is active in my life. Thank you for your word that is at work in my life, in my family. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We glorify you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. In Jesus' name. Now, before we go into the word, is there anybody that has gone out from last week to this week? You've prayed for somebody and you've seen a miracle and you want to share with us? Anybody? Nobody. Okay. All right. You have another week. All right? Yes. Let's appreciate the worship team. Come on. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. They are always blessing me. I don't know about you. Always, always on point. Always a blessing. And one of the things that they do is to create an atmosphere. An atmosphere for God to move in our lives. And in case you don't know, atmospheres matter very much. Atmospheres matter very much. Environment matter very much. And I'm not talking about physical environments. Yeah. So I'm going to share with you this morning. Oh, I keep saying morning. So forgive me. I'm just seeing you for the first time today. So it's like morning. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to share on what I call uh, miracle environments. Okay? I know it's Resurrection Day. We're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. Amen. I mean, the resurrection is the ultimate miracle. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Are you getting me? Amen. Yeah. Jesus, if Jesus didn't rise, sure. you, we won't be here. Yeah. Are we going to be here? Will you be here if Jesus didn't rise? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even want to stand here. I probably would be doing something else somewhere. All right. So, but let's look at the Word of God. Let's, let's, let's look at the book of Luke chapter 24. Let's start from there. Father, we bless your name. We glorify you. Thank you for your Word, which is spirit and is life. I know, O oh Father, that the entrance of your Word brings light, and it gives understanding to the simple. Let there be clarity, let there be revelation, let there be transformation, let there be insight. Mighty God, I thank you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, on the first day of the week, early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing spices which they had prepared, but they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. 
Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Wrong place to go to find a living. You don't go to the grave to look for the living. You don't go to the tomb to look for the living. He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when you were still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told these things to the eleven and all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them, who told these things to the apostles. The apostles were nowhere to be found. This was the women that were there. Huh? You see that? Women love Jesus more. I I can't hear. Do women love Jesus more? (laughs) Where were the men? Where were the anointed apostles the chief apostles who were fighting for position. Hmm? Where were they? Huh? Where were the sons of, of thunder? One that wants to sit at his right hand and the other one at his left hand. Where were they? Huh? They were still managing their disappointment. It's like we had hoped that this will be our opportunity to become great. And this guy just died. So they were disappointed. And you can see that when you go down to verse 13, it says, Now, behold, two men were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is that? Is it that you are having one with another and... uh, you walk and are sad. Then one of those whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet. Mighty indeed and word before God and all the people. So you see, their disappointment, they are talking and they're looking so sad. Very, very sad. This man was mighty in word. This man was mighty indeed. This man raised the dead. He raised the dead. 
He cleansed the lepers. He opened blind eyes. He caused cripples to walk. And he did so many things. He preached and he fed multitudes. He performed many miracles. And now he's dead. And these guys were gearing up, waiting for the manifestation of the kingdom of God, whereby they would take their place. All right? Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God, declaring the kingdom of God is at hand, and they've been under Roman oppression for so long, and this is their opportunity not only to get out of oppression, but to be, get, uh, to be elevated to be properly positioned for rulership. So you can imagine the kind of disappointment these people were dealing with here. So much that they didn't even go near the tomb, nothing. Only the women went there with spices and they were busy to, preparing to go and perform, you know, just to um, decorate the body with whatever. <laughs> Huh? So, these guys are disappointed. But the women met with some angels who gave them the news of the resurrection. But I want you to see here that even though the resurrection has happened, there was an atmosphere that had prevailed over the city. Alright? The environment of Jerusalem was sorrowful. It was, an, it was a climate of sorrow. It was an environment of sorrow. They, they, the climate had overpowered them. The disappointment had taken over them. So much that even though Jesus has preached to them, he has told them many times, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to be crucified, and I will rise on the third day. They couldn't. You see, there's certain environments that will cause you not to remember God's word. Are you, getting, are you, are you following me? There are certain environments that will cause you to forget the word of God. And even if you remember, you won't have the faith. To act on the word of God. So one of the things that God wants us to do is to create miracle environments. Create environments that are conducive for the supernatural. Hallelujah. It's part of the gospel. It's one of the missing links in the gospel today. The supernatural dimension. Great oratory skills. Everything else but the supernatural. Everything else. We've got the right music. We've got the right lights. We've got, you know, we've got the smoke machine. We've got... I mean, everything that mimics the glory, we've got it all. We've got it all. And, and I'm not against those things. But let's have the real thing. You know, there were times when 
Johnny, myself, and some of our friends, we would pray until the glory will come into that place and fill the room where we are. Literally. There were times we'll be glued to the floor. We can't even get up. Real, tangible presence of God. But where are these things today? What's wrong? The gospel is, is the same gospel that Jesus left with the apostles that we have today. How come we're having less results? Can you see something is wrong with us? Huh? Something is wrong, I'm telling you. And we need to get it back. Amen. It takes hunger. You need to have you need to be hungry for the real thing. Amen. There are certain environments that are not conducive for God to move. Jesus had reason. Jesus was even talking with them. The Bible says their eyes were restrained. They could not recognize him. Imagine your master you've been with for three and a half years. He's walking with you. You don't even recognize him. You are so sorrowful. So disappointed that you can't even see him. You can't even see the fulfillment. You can't see the resurrection walking in front of you. Jesus said when he, when, when, when he was by the tomb of Lazarus, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. So the resurrection is a person. It's more than a historical fact. It is a person. So the resurrection is walking with them. And they, 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 they can't even recognize him. Why? They are so disappointed. The atmosphere is so gloomy. Hmm? At that times you felt like that. You've just felt so disappointed. God promised me this. And how come by now I haven't yet experienced it? And then your miracle is walking right beside you. But you can't even see it. You can't even see it. You can't recognize it. You're even interacting with your miracle. But you don't know that that is your miracle. <laughs> that's what happened to these guys. And that's why Satan specializes. He takes time. He, he, he puts in a lot of effort to ensure that he takes charge of the environment. He, take, he wants to take charge of the atmosphere in your home. He wants to take charge of the atmosphere in the church. He wants to take charge of the atmosphere in your office. He wants to control it. That's why in Ephesians chapter 2, he is called the prince of the power of the air. He that controls the air owns the ground. It's a warfare principle. He that controls the air owns the ground. Can't you see how they took out Gaddafi? A no-flight zone in his own country. They just came and said, any plane that flies, we're bringing it down. We are the only ones that can fly over your country. You see, what, when that happens, <laughs> you know that even your ground troops, <laughs> they're at risk. So it's a warfare strategy, an ancient strategy, huh, 
although now we have the technology, but in the realm of the spirit, how many people know that technology in the spirit is far more advanced than in the natural? Yeah. yeah. So Satan had covered the whole of Jerusalem and people were down. Where were the, those people that Jesus fed? Uh, the 5,000 he fed. And the 4,000. And all the people that followed him. Where are the people that wanted to make him king? Come on. Where are they? All disappointed. So look at these people's conversation. They said to Jesus. They said to him. The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed and were before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified. Now look at verse, look at verse 21. That still confirms what I'm saying. It says, but we were hoping. How many people have been hoping? Huh? But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Hello. So that should tell you they didn't really believe him. We had hoped. Because they had fabricated in their minds how the redemption was going to happen. Even though God had his own word that he has said how it was going to happen. Jesus made it very clear. And the angel even told those women. Didn't he tell you that he would suffer? He will be crucified. And he will, die, he will rise on the third day. And they remembered. These other guys. They were in a different frequency. I don't know if that's why you see more women in church than men. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying. I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. We're going to prove them wrong, right? Amen. Where are the men in the house? Say, hoo-rah! <laughs> Glory to God. He says, we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. No, he said oh, three days. And it's already, it's three days. They already... They've already given up. <laughs> and that's how we are. Oftentimes, God tells you, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And on the brink of your miracle, the atm atmospheric condition causes you to disbelieve God. Hmm? In case you don't know, there are, there are things about... There, these things, is not about being superstitious, but I'm telling you, atmospheres matter. Yeah. Yeah. Matters. And there are ways that Satan takes over the atmosphere. It's just by what people say. If Satan wants to take over the atmosphere in your home, let me tell you how he does it. He just brings certain words into your home. And you start, the words start flowing. And then before you know it, the atmosphere has changed. I don't know times you, you go and visit some people, you, you, 
They are not saying a word. You just enter and you just know something is... How many people have experienced that? You, you know what I'm talking about. You just get in there, you just know... Mm-mm-mm. I think I better leave quickly. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter how they pretend to be okay. It's an atmospheric matter. It's an atmospheric matter, I'm telling you. And you'll be naive if you think that what I'm saying is not real. It's very real. So, Satan decides, okay, what do I want to dominate this home? Is it unbelief? There are certain words he will introduce into the vocabulary in that home. You know, words are spirits. Jesus says, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And the Bible says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that use it shall eat the fruit thereof. Okay? So, words are spirits. They represent spirit. Whatever word is spoken, there's a spirit that backs that word. So, if it's unbelief, there are words of unbelief that will be spoken. And those words will now release that spirit in the atmosphere. There are words of fear. That's why you go to certain places. You find that there are certain homes that are ruled by fear. At least I've, I've had to minister to, to some. You'll find out that the father and the children and the wife have similar fears. How do you explain that? And at different times, different interactions, you know, you discover that this, this, this sounds exactly like what the son said. Why? That's the prevailing atmosphere in the home. So, it's like the Israelites in the wilderness. Why do you think God was was, was not happy. He wasn't impressed with the ten spies. They brought a different atmosphere. Yeah. Glory to God. Yeah. yeah, they brought a different atmosphere and they introduced a different environment yeah. to the entire nation. Yeah. Wow. To the entire nation to the point that they could not enter into God's promise. Wow. Ask your neighbor, who is in charge of your atmosphere? Who rules the environment under which you live? Who rules? Yeah. So, resurrection has happened, but there is a prevailing atmosphere or climate. And of course, these guys are under this. The women were also under it, but they moved beyond their feelings. They moved beyond, you know, the prevailing conditions. So when they went to the tomb, they actually expected to see the body there. So it's not as if they believed they knew that a miracle had happened. They discovered it 
by reason of pursuit. So when you go the extra mile, there are things you discover. There are things God reveals to you. There are angelic experiences you would have when you go beyond the norm. And certain things get revealed to you. Then you begin to hear things that all the other people will not hear. And then it seems as if you are making things up. Yeah. Those days when we used to, when God used to speak to us, there are things we would tell people and it would be as if we were out of our minds. I was called demon possessed. You know, my, wife, my mom was summoned a few times, you know, to be told to put me in check. Because I was influencing the young people wrongly towards Christ. Can you imagine? Why? There was an atmosphere, but we were able to break that atmosphere. We prayed and prayed, uh, and until it got to a point that in the whole of that community, people were just getting saved, like on a daily basis. Everywhere, a revival broke out in that place, but we changed it. We changed the atmosphere. It became so easy for people to get born again. We will walk past a block and say, in the name of Jesus, there's going to be a fellowship in this place. And before you know it, boom, people are gathered. You're walking, you hear people praising God. People are praying here. People are praying there. People are singing here. It was just happening. It became the norm. To the point where I remember one time I was walking on the pavement alone, and I saw three girls, they were walking towards me, and I heard one of them say, if he talks to you, you are going to get saved. And they ran. Yeah. So it had become, the, the atmosphere that we were carrying was so tangible, and I didn't realize that people noticed. So that people that don't want to be saved will just have to avoid us. Because if we make contact with you, forget it. You are getting into the kingdom. Yeah. And that was real. That was real. Wait, I mean, fellowships. How many fellowships do we have? Like, I, I, um, every block. Every block. And then we had a Saturday. You remember Saturday morning? Fellowships in the primary school? Just young people. Just coming there. We could worship God, sing, pray, share the word. The little scriptures we knew, we used it to the maximum. We didn't even know a fraction of what we know now. But what we did with that changed the atmosphere. It changed the environment. Huh? The whole of Victoria Island was affected. Churches springing up. We were not, you know, we, were ju- we just wanted Jesus. That's all. We're not looking for ministry. We're not looking for platform. We're not looking for breakthrough. We're not looking for anything just to see people receive Jesus. That's all. Atmospheres. Miracle environments. Hallelujah. We need them today. Your home needs to have a miracle environment. Yeah. Start 
Start working towards that. That anybody that comes into your home should come into a miracle. When people come in contact with you, there are certain things that your life should impart to them. So, these guys were talking. Verse 22 says, Yes, certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. Why were you astonished when Jesus told you already? They say, they astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he's alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found, found it just as the woman said, but him they did not see. Then Jesus said to them, O oh, foolish ones, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Can you see? Slow of heart. So it's possible to be slow of heart. It's, 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 it's possible for you to be, um, your heart to be so hard that it's hard for you to believe. The environment has, has affected them so much that they struggle to believe. They struggle to believe. We need to deal with that. Because we are now in a generation where there is a lot of, a lot of influences, right? A lot of unbelief. A lot of people ridicule the scriptures now. They ridicule the word of God. They ridicule children of God. Am I correct? So it's like, why do you even believe this thing? I remember some time ago, A lady came to me and she said, Pastor, I don't know. I don't know. I'm struggling to believe in God. <laughs> I said, where have you been worshipping? <laughs> she told me, I said, there's something wrong. How can you not believe in God? You've experienced Him. You've encountered Him. Now, I'm not against where you're worshipping, but I'm just saying that you need to be in an environment that stirs up faith. You need to be in an environment that makes God real. If you go to a place where somebody begins to tell you, well, you know, the ancient manuscript, you know, in this manuscript it doesn't have this, you know, and this and this, and it's all those debates. At the end of the day, you don't even know what to believe. I remember when Pastor Ryan was in seminary, and you know who we used to do a lot of damage control, right? Yeah, because after he has listened to all those professors, he comes back and it's like, then I have to un, you know, I have to unwind, undo, and you know, unlearn, help him to unlearn those things. So that faith can come back. Yeah. It becomes so liberal that it, it just doesn't make sense anymore. 
This is the kind of environment we're living in that challenges your faith all the time. So if you are not proactive in maintaining a sound environment that is conducive for the miraculous, you need to create your own environment and carry it with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. Create it and carry it with you wherever you go so that when, when, when you go somewhere and, and things are happening and God wants you to minister to someone, you know what to do. Yeah. You need to know what to do. Let me show you a scripture. Let's look at the book of uh, Mark chapter 8. Mark's Gospel, chapter 8. You know this story. Verse 22. Then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him, and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of where? The town or village, whatever version you are reading. And when he has spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. Question is this. Why? Why did Jesus take him out of town? This is Jesus, the Son of God, who has the Spirit of God without measure. Why did he take him out of town? The environment. <laughs> Can you see that? He took him out of town. And you, you, you notice here that this particular ministration is different from other ones that Jesus did. This is where Jesus was working the miracle. You understand? There's the working of miracles that requires work. He takes him out of town and then spits on his eyes and say, open your eyes. <laughs> and the man looks up and said, I see men like trees. You see, the environment was still influential. The impact of the environment was still on this guy even though the man was out. Even though the man was out of that environment, the, 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 the influence of that environment was still on him. So it slowed down the miracle. You see? So it slowed down the miracle and then Jesus had to minister to him again. Then Jesus put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. And he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Then he said to him, uh, then he sent him away to his house saying, neither go into the what? Nor tell anyone in. Why? Why? 
There is something in that town. Don't tell me it doesn't matter. It matters. It matters. If you want to walk in the supernatural, you need to study Jesus. It matters. Don't go back into the town. In other words, relocate. If you are going to keep your miracle, relocate. Man of God, maybe you should relocate. To, to. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Don't go back into the town. Don't even tell anyone there. Just find another base. Start afresh. Start life afresh. Somewhere else. There's an operation of God like this. It's incredible. Miracle environments are vital. Jesus could minister to him because Jesus was carrying his own environment. All right? But Jesus could also weigh the matter and see that this man, he doesn't have the kind of faith that he can sustain this miracle in that environment. So the best thing is, the problem is not with Jesus working the miracle. The problem is with the man sustaining his faith, his miracle. So Jesus says, don't go back there. Go somewhere else. Don't even tell them. Just leave them. Before one theologian comes and convinces you that you were not healed. Yeah. It's real. So the resurrection was a powerful miracle. Those guys on the road to Emmaus, they're walking with him. They didn't even recognize him because of the environment. Environment matters. It matters. So that's why I'm conscious. I've become more aware of my environment. Wherever I am, I'm conscious of it. I like to discern the atmosphere. I go to a place, I enter into a place, I want to know what's going on. Who is in charge here? Is it doubt? Is it unbelief? Is it fear? Huh? Is it stress? Sometimes some of your sicknesses have nothing to do with your biology. There are some of your sicknesses, it's just stress. And sometimes some of that stress is environmental. You know, I noticed it many years ago when I'm traveling, 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 traveling. Then I started noticing that I get into certain places. I started noticing difference of environments. And I remember that sometimes I'll be flying into Lagos and I notice the tension in Lagos. When you just fly in, the moment you get in there, you're already tense. You have not even landed. 
in the airspace. I'm telling you. In the airspace. I noticed it. So, imagine somebody in that environment. You know, he's tense. And you, you don't know why. It's not because something has happened. It's the environment. So, you have to have a means of rising above that environment. And prevailing over that environment. Taking charge over that environment. Doesn't matter who is the prince of the power of that air. You are a king in God's kingdom. You are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. You are far above and not beneath. So you are above that environment by virtue of your position. But many people are at the mercy of their environment. And that's why we don't experience God like we should. It's not because the devil is strong. It's because we allowed it. If somebody comes to your home and just says, okay, now I'm in your house. I'm, I'm going to be in charge here now. So you take orders. Muruti, imagine. You are just at home. Huh? Somebody just comes to your house. Look, I'm here. Oh, dog, imagine. You know, even in your practice, in that hospital, in that environment, you can take charge over that. Because hospital environments, I don't like hospitals. Because when I became sensitive to environments, I used to react each time I went into a hospital. Just, I, just, I just noticed that it's not for me. It's just that God has helped me now that you know, I can handle certain things. But I got to a point that you know, whenever I got into a hospital, I, I, just, you know, I just start feeling somehow. So, you take charge. That's right. Glory. That's it. So you take charge. You take charge of that environment. In your office. You know, don't, don't you notice that there are some people that bring toxicity. They breathe it into the, uh, into the atmosphere. You walk into that office and it's like, eh, this person is around. If that person is not in the office, everybody is happy. How many people know what I'm talking about? Yeah, if that person is not there, the, the, the atmosphere is different. The moment that person comes in, that person brings something else. So that means that person is ruling that environment. And you better do something about it. Do something about it. Start going to that office early enough before everybody gets there. You get in there and take charge. And say in the name of Jesus, the kingdom of God is here. I'm here and I'm a representative of Christ. I'm the ambassador of Christ. I'm bringing the kingdom of God into this office right now. In the name of Jesus, every authority, every other power will be subject to the power of God in this place. As long as I'm here, you just take charge. So by the time they arrive, they arrive into a place that you've positioned yourself as king and ruler. You don't have to be the CEO. You... It doesn't matter if you are the tea lady. Just go there with that mentality. Take that environment. And then you find that when you tell people things, they will just listen. 
It will be easy to convince people. It will be easy to pray for people. It will be easy to do your work. I don't understand how a Christian will be in an environment and he's allowing himself panic attacks all over the time. Every time you're there and it's like you can't even sit upright. God, please do something. Lord, do something. Oh, this is not okay. This... And you are taking pills, 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 pills. They don't change the environment. They would, they would just work in your, the chemicals in your body. That's all. But we're talking about taking the environment. Creating a miracle environment. Wherever you are. I'm not going to wait until I see the vision that God showed me. Of the things he wants to do through your life. I keep seeing that truckload of crutches and wheelchairs. But you have to start creating that environment. Amen. That these things will happen. So that even in the mall, you're carrying your environment with you. The Holy Spirit says, go raise that person up. You just go do it. No sweat. You don't need... Kleiseka to come on. <laughs> For you are great. You do miracles so great. Huh? You are carrying the miracle environment. Amen. That's what God wants. Amen. A lot of the miracles Jesus performed. Where? Because he carried his own environment. He didn't have to depend on a conducive atmosphere. The Bible says, he that observes the wind will not sow. So you are waiting for it to be conducive. Why can't you make it conducive? Your faith must be energized. You remember... In Mark chapter 5, I'm not going to read that, uh, Jairus' daughter. When Jairus comes, he, he calls Jesus, come, my daughter is sick to the point of death. Please come and heal her. And then, you know, the incident, the woman with the issue of blood, she interrupted Jesus, delayed Jesus, you know, with this miracle and this long testimony and this long story. And you know, women, when they give, when they share stories, they are very detailed. You know, she probably started the whole story from when she had the condition to the next doctor and the next doctor and the next doctor and the next doctor and then, you know, and, you know, the account and the money she paid here, the consultation and this. She probably gave him all that story. By the time she had finished, Jairus' daughter was dead. <laughs> My Lord. Hmm? <laughs> and they came to tell Jairus, look, don't bother the master. She's already dead. We have started funeral plans. The professional mourners have arrived. <laughs> and 
You know, everything is already in place. Don't, just leave him alone. Jesus goes there. When Jesus, Jesus, first of all, when they told Jairus, Jesus says to him, don't be afraid, only believe. What was Jesus doing? Taking charge of the atmosphere around Jairus. Because now, the enemy has brought this information that is going to bring a cloud over Jairus. Many times I've seen, when I'm praying for people, I see clouds over them. So sometimes I have to rebuke the cloud. Dark cloud sometimes. And when that dark cloud is over that person, it doesn't matter what you are saying. You can say, bring all the revelation, every... Say whatever you want to say. That's what is controlling them. So Jesus said, don't be afraid. Only believe. Let's go. They go there. Jesus says to them, the girl is not dead. She's sleeping. What's he doing? He's taking charge. So if you're going to take charge of environment, you need to learn to say certain things. Don't wait for God to do it. You do it. You do it. So you find that men of God that move in the miraculous have a way of taking charge of the environment. So, Jesus says, she's not dead, she's only sleeping. And they started mocking him. Now he's going to spoil the business for these professional mourners who were hired to come and cry. Now, if the girl wakes up, what, what? that's a day's income gone. Jesus says, where have you laid her? Next thing, Jesus sends people out. What's he doing? Taking charge, environment. There are some people that you know are carrying the wrong thing. Just tell them, wait outside. We will meet you after. Now, we have serious work to do. There are times that you need to get some people out of your life for a season. Because God is working some miracles. There are seasons that I've had to like, you know, withdraw from some people. Because I know, okay, this one, this vibe that is coming, it's going to affect me like this, like that, like this. And you, you need to know that. I just withdraw. I don't hate them. I just withdraw. It's, it's called wisdom. Okay? You, don't, you have no right to hate anybody. Even your enemies. Love them. That's what Jesus said. So, but you just withdraw for a season. And that's what Jesus did. And he woke the girl up. And brought her out. People were amazed. Why won't you be amazed? The guy came with a miracle environment. He brought it into that home. Got rid of all the negative cloud. You know, because in scripture, people can also, be, can also symbolize cloud. There are people. Certain clouds over people are created by other people. That's why we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. The cloud. First Peter talks about some ministers that are clouds without water. 
cloud. Glory to God. So, take your own cloud with you. Hallelujah. Get into that place. When you enter, people should just sense, hmm, I, I, I walked into somewhere, somebody said, hmm, you have a, you, you have a good energy. <laughs> you, 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 you have a good energy. I just looked and I laughed. <laughs> because where will I start explaining? Should I start some expository teaching or what? It's just their level, so you just laugh. So there are, it's vital for you to carry the right atmosphere. You notice I'm using inter changing the words environment, atmosphere, climate, all of that. This is not geography, this is Bible. <laughs> because like somebody, a geographer, I can hear your thoughts. Glory to God. How many people want to carry the right atmosphere? Wherever you are. Your home. Start from your home. When you walk in there. Sometimes I create my environment by I just play some worship music. I just put it in my ears. I went to buy earphones because I want to carry my environment even when I'm in the mall. Glory to God. I'm walking, but I'm, I'm playing a heavenly music. So I'm carrying a heavenly environment with me. Yeah. I go on, if I could start playing John Legend, <laughs> I carry a John Legend environment. <laughs> I mean, what, unless I'm going to use it for something else. But if it's not going to help me, I don't need it. Yeah. If, if, if it's the environment you want to create, then that's fine. But if, if you want to carry John Legend and then you are going to, you know, raise the dead. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to do it. Huh? How do you do that? I'm not going to, no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm sure they have their own benefits. Yeah. There's use for them somewhere, but not, not when it comes to serious things. Yeah. Huh? Like supernatural things. Glory to God. Should I, let me show you another scripture, then we close. Acts chapter 9. Mighty God, I bless your name. Look at Acts chapter 9, verse 36. It says, At Joppa there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which was translated Docas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds which she did. This is one of the few people that you hear of that was full of good works. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died when they had washed her and they laid her in an upper room and they were preparing her for 
embalmment and whatever. Hmm? For burial. Since Lydia was near Joppa, the disciples had heard that Peter was there. They sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he had come, they brought him into the upper room. And all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and the garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. It's amazing. I don't want to dwell on that. But okay. But Peter put them all where? These are believers he put out. Oh. These are not unbelievers. They are believers he put out. Ha! These believers were carrying another atmosphere. So Peter decides to take charge and he puts them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and the widows, he presented her alive. You see, there are some people, they need, you, you, you can only bring them after the miracle has happened. Yeah. <laughs> when the miracle is being processed, you, you don't need them. Just love them outside. <laughs> Are you following me? So that's why if you're moving, if you want to move in miracles, you need to be sensitive to these things. Oh, okay, everybody here, let's just hold our hands. Let's just pray. It doesn't work like that. Because they only look as if they're in faith. But you don't know what's in their heart. You don't know what they're carrying over them. And Peter said, all of you, none of you is qualified. Out. <laughs> and then he prayed. Glory to God. We want to see the resurrection power in our lives. So we need to be aware of these things. Okay? When God leads you to pray for somebody, be aware. Be sensitive. What kind of environment is it? What cloud is in this place? Is it a cloud of unbelief? There are many other scriptures I can show you to confirm what I'm saying. From different perspectives. But I'm telling you, it is real. So as a church, we even need to start creating an environment that as people come in here, as they come in from the door, you know that we can create our own atmosphere. From the door, as people just walk in, things begin to happen. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. No wonder Peter, Peter would be walking. Peter would be walking and people would be rising up. What is going on? He's carrying an environment, an atmosphere of glory. It's a glory atmosphere he's carrying. So as he's walking, cripples are rising up. Paralyzed people are walking. They're rising up. 
We need those manifestations in the body of Christ today. I'm telling you, we need it. We need it today. And it starts with you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it begins with you. It begins with you. Amen. Say, it begins with me. From now on, I carry a miracle environment. If it does not exist, I create it. It's, it's of benefit when we come and the environment is created. But we can create our own. Hallelujah. Let's stand up on our feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Don't allow Satan to control the environment in your home. Don't allow him to control wherever you are. You need to take charge. Glory to God. Wherever we go, in the course of this week, Begin to take charge. When you wake up in the morning, first thing you need to do is to take charge of the day. Take charge of the day. If possible, wake up before everybody. Wake up before sunrise. And take charge. When you start practicing this, you find that your kingship begins to manifest more and more and more. Because kings are born to rule. And you are born to rule. He has made you kings and priests. And you need to start exercising your kingship. Wherever you are. Don't allow yourself to be a victim. Never allow yourself to be a victim. I don't care if someone comes and tries to harass you. Release an an atmosphere over them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I say, hey, hey, come, come, come. It's like this man of God. He was walking the streets of New York. So I'm not sure if it's New York. Maybe I'm mixing with another story. Yeah. He gave this guy, a guy was hitchhiking. And he gave this guy a ride. And as they were driving, this guy brings out a pistol. And says, stop the car. They stopped the car. And I said, step out. He steps out. And they're standing, facing each other. This guy says, I'm going to blow your brains off. And the guy says, give me that gun. In the name of Jesus. Give it to me. Right now. The guy surrendered it to me. What is that? Hallelujah. He has taken charge. Now, you you have to be in a particular frame of mind to do do that. Because the enemy wants to cripple you with fear. The moment you see that, oh my, please, please, don't shoot me, don't shoot me, please, please, please. I beg you, I beg you. But the moment you start doing that, the enemy begins to gain ascendancy. And we are saying, Satan enough is enough you cannot rule wherever I am because I bring the kingdom of God with me and if I bring the kingdom of God with me wherever I am heaven rules Amen. Amen? amen if Satan was thrown out of heaven he should be thrown out of your environment
because you bring heaven on the, to the earth. He should be thrown out of your environment. Don't allow him in your environment. Don't allow him in your jurisdiction. Take charge. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Say, Lord my God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. I receive your word. Which is spirit and is life. I receive supernatural enablement to rule over environments. To create my climate. Miracle environments. Wherever I go. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I give you glory. I give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to pray for you. Father, I just bless you for your people right now. I speak over their lives. I release heavenly environments. Mighty God, let the climatic conditions of heaven be made manifest wherever they are, wherever they go. As it is in heaven, so shall it be in their lives. As it is in heaven, so shall it be in their homes. As it is in heaven, so shall it be, O oh God, in their places of work, over their businesses. So shall it be, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. I give you glory. I give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's somebody here, you are pregnant. The Lord is saying, you need to take charge. That baby you're carrying is a very special baby. Has a very special assignment. And you need to be careful the environment that you allow to exist around you. Because the enemy wants to strike. So don't allow that. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. I glorify you. I give you praise in the name of Jesus. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.